Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it. Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Created live on Fireside. Hello and welcome to Guilty Greeny, live on Fireside from the Climate Collab Auditorium. We are your imperfect hosts. I'm Kate Bagby. And I'm Sarah Ferris. And I don't know about you guys, but we are tired of perfectionism and trying to live more sustainably. So we're here today to chat about our own guilt, share our own journeys, and just add a bit of levity in our attempts and fails, mainly fails in my case, to be more eco-friendly. Give yourself some credit. I know you had a great week of eco successes, which we will get to later. Thank you. Today, or I guess every week, right? We share our own journeys, the good, the bad, the laughable. And today we are talking dirty, very dirty, dirty laundry. And that's about as sexy as it's going to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who said eco wasn't sexy? So, Sarah, seeing as we're going to be speaking about laundry today, let's dig into your laundry basket a little bit. On average, how often would you say you do a load of washing? Oh my God, this is going to be so embarrassing for me because our washing machine goes pretty much from the time I get up, so seven o'clock, and I'm probably doing three or four loads a day. Is that disgusting? Well, it's not like you're doing three or four loads a day for yourself. Oh, no, that's just mine. I make my kids do their own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very clean. No, it's true. Well, how much do you do then? Maybe about two loads a week. <gasps> you dirty, dirty beast. Hold on. <laughs> how many people are in your household? Just myself and my husband. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So I've got five and, you know, Teenagers and sweaty exercising people, we sort of end up doubling up with exercise kit as well. Mm. So, mm -hmm. No, it makes mm. sense. When we were 
chatting about this show and I was digging into some of the data, I couldn't find any concrete statistics on how often the average British uh, Brit washes their clothing. I did find, though. Why Brit? Why does that matter? Well, that's where you're living. I figured we'd do the American stat and then the British stat. Oh, I like that. Did you find an American stat then? I did, of course, because Americans excel at reporting on themselves. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a very polite way of putting it. I don't care about anyone else in the rest of the world, so they don't need to report on that. That's why we don't know the British stat. (laughs) Well, actually, I did find one British stat, which is going to be mind-blowing and is at the polar opposite of you. But the American stat is Americans wash about 50 pounds of laundry a week, and it's about 6,000 articles of clothing every year. I am not entirely sure how to convert that into like how many pounds your washing machine holds because it depends on what you're actually washing. Yeah. And also pounds is, I'm in metrics. So I'm just trying to think a pound of butter. So say again, what was the stat? I'm putting butter into my washing machine to convert it. (laughs) <laughs> I can just see you now stacking it up. I am. Uh, I'm like these little rectangular blocks. Oh, I'd probably fit about 10 in there. <laughs> <laughs> so 50 pounds of laundry. So what are we doing? Pounds to kilograms. Let's do a quick conversion here. Mm. 50 pounds is 22.6 kilograms. And how often is that? That's a week. A week. That's a week. And it's about 6,000 items a year. Hmm. That's interesting. It actually seems low to me. Does it? Well, I can tell you I went into my laundry just before this show and uh, opened up my triple laundry stacker and I reckon it's easily got 22 kilograms in there at the moment but I've been a bit lazy so maybe. Here's the very in my opinion disturbing statistic that came out of the UK. Are you bring it bring it. I'm not sure anybody's ready for this. There is a survey that found that one in three participants wash their bedding so we're talking their bedding sheets their blankets so on and so forth only once a year. Shut up. In the UK? In the UK. One in three. No. Hold on. Back that train right up. Are you talking about duvets and pillows or are we talking sheets like the essential? I'm thinking maybe the duvet. They can't sleep on sheets for a year. They'd literally be crunchy. They'd just be literally (laughs) like crackling when they get into bed with all the dirt and disgusting sweat. I don't want to go any further than that, but that's yeah, that's not a, nice. that's great imagery. <laughs> so bed sheets, I double checked, and there's quite a few publications that put this out. They're sheets. Oh my god, I'm booking a plane trip home to New Zealand as soon as I can. I'm getting out of this country, this filthy, filthy country. Disgusting. Oh. So it was wow. two thousand participants. Thirty percent said they washed their bedding twelve months or less. There's eco-friendly, and then, in my opinion, there's just you're gonna catch an infection. Like that's <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different category, isn't it? Is, hopefully, that's the bad for today. Like I'm hoping that's the worst, the worst. it gets for today. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. All right. So tell me, laundry. What do I need to know? These are the hacks that I have tried. Can I start with those? Yeah. All right. I went from buying little containers of laundry liquid to big kind of like five liter ones so that I was not having to use plastic. But I know that I'm not doing the best because I think I need to get rid of the water or something. Is it better to use powder? I don't know. Help me out. What should I be doing? That's a really great place to start because that's where most people start when they're on their own sustainability journey. They look 
first towards what they're using and what's easily swappable, replaceable. And you're actually, Sarah, you're like step one, already done. Switch from small containers to big containers, especially if it comes in plastic. Yeah. The less plastic you can use, even if that just means using a larger quantity or buying a larger quantity at a time, is a great first step. You mentioned to me that near you, I think we talked about this in last week's show, you have now a refill station, right? Or a zero waste store? Yes, we do. Do you know if they offer laundry detergent? I think they do. In fact, I did used to do this, but it was more expensive to fill up the maybe 500 mil bottle than it was to actually just buy the bulk one, the big Mm -hmm. five liter. It worked out better economically, really. And that was a good workout lifting it every time. I'm going to give you a couple trade-offs when it comes to price. So yes, data does show us that generally speaking, eco-friendly, what you buy in the shops can be a little pricier. And it's going to vary by whether you're doing laundry, like liquid refill, or whether you're buying tablets or sheets. Those are the three, there's technically four, what we consider eco-friendly laundry solutions. The first is refill liquid or finding liquid in an aluminum or glass bottle, something that's easily recyclable. The second are tablets. They look like little cakes, I guess. I don't know. A tablet, large tablet you put in your washing machine. Then there's also laundry detergent sheets, which break down in the washing machine. And the third one is you can actually make your own laundry detergent. That's not something I've ever gotten into. There are a ton of different recipes. Can you call it a recipe? Formulas? You know, I think it is. A, well, formula is probably the right word, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> it's something. It it's concoction. Go with it. The laundry detergent concoction. There are a lot of different formulas online. That includes natural bleaches, things like that, because bleaches is a no-go. It's not very healthy for the environment. So if anybody wants to make their own, mm. you can find tons of formulas online. Those are the four eco-solutions, but as you said, going from just a smaller bottle to a bigger bottle is one of the first things you can do. So I think that's great. Okay, but can I ask you about the tablets, right? So the reason that I didn't go for the tablets, which actually can come in like a cardboard container, so that mm-hmm. was like, yeah, that's a win, but then they're, not, they're always like wrapped in plastic, so is that... Oh, no, that's bad. Exactly. Yeah, no, no. What's the point of being in the cardboard container if you're just going to wrap me in plastic? We call that greenwashing. And there's a lot of companies out there that do that. Here's a laughable moment. It's not laundry detergent, but I bought shampoo and it comes in a cardboard container. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. It's a liquid shampoo. And once you used it, they say, take the cardboard apart. Now it does have a plastic pump on the top, but still on a whole, you're cutting down or you think you're cutting down on all your plastic. You open up the cardboard and inside is a plastic container. Shut were, up. That is so pointless. What, do you mean like an actual, like it's hiding its own shampoo bottle in there? Yeah, exactly. It was just a little <laughs> just dressing like on the outside. Oh my God. <laughs> That's greenwashing at its, at its finest. There are tablet companies out there though, where they don't come wrapped in plastic. It'll come in the cardboard packaging and no plastic on the outside of them. Okay. So the next one I really want to know about, because I've been looking at these in the past, is the sheets. They look like the old sort of breath mint things that you could just put on your tongue and they dissolve. To me, they look like dryer sheets. Do you guys use this? No. What's a dryer sheet? I haven't used them in a decade, so I'm going to have a hard time explaining. (laughs) 
what's the point of it? What? You put it in the dryer. It's to help a static. Uh, generally, they're scented. And I think they also help with drying, I think. But generally, it's just static and they're scented. So it's okay. uh, But that's what they look like. The detergent ones, they completely break down. And I actually just bought my first ones yesterday. I've never used them. So I'm really excited to try them out this week. Oh, wow. Maybe you'll have to let us know. Give us a, a report back. Do you have to use them with like hot water or anything to break it down? Or does it, you can use it in cold? You can use it in cold. And actually, should we get into the water discussion? Yes, we should. Can I just say, I've got this vision of those sheets that you put into the, the, the laundry that they'll just come out like a tissue that's been left in the pocket of a... <laughs> of a <laughs> so that's what I'm imagining is going to happen. No, no, no. They do break down. Just like any other, I don't know the science magic behind it, but just like a tablet would break down or a powder would break down. Or, and I forgot to mention powder is another option. Those will all break down. Okay. So before we move on to the water, I want to know out of those, what's the best one? What's the best solution? What should I be actually using? It depends on how you like to do your laundry, to be quite honest. Clean. I like it clean. That's the brilliant thing is there's something for everybody, right? So if you like using a liquid or a powder, you can find that. A sheet, you can use that. One of the, I think, unfortunate aspects when people try to live a bit more sustainably is they get really frustrated because they try something and maybe it doesn't work first go for them. But think of it like any other product you buy. The first time you ever bought laundry detergent, maybe you liked it and that was great and things worked out, but maybe you didn't like the scent or it wasn't cleaning well enough. And so you switched to a different brand and then maybe you tried a different brand. I think sometimes we put an unrealistic expectation on sustainable products that we don't on quote unquote conventional products. Yeah, that's true. You expect it to be able to do everything straight away. I get what you're saying, but we should maybe test out and work out what works for us. Yeah. Like it, like it. Right. Tell me about the water. All right. Water. About 90% of the energy used to wash clothing comes from the heating of the water. That's a lot. This is why, remember I said you can make a swap because you were saying that biodegradable organic detergents, cleaner detergents are a little bit pricier. Yeah. If you simply turn down your water from 40 degrees Celsius to 30 degrees Celsius, you're using 40% less electricity. Wow. That is a lot. Yeah. You're saving a lot of money. 40 to 30 degrees Celsius or 106 to 86 degrees Fahrenheit. We use about 40% less electricity, assuming that's we're using newer washing machines. Right. Okay. Well, that's good because I normally do 30, but also the benefit of that is that they don't come out like the size of a newborn baby's clothes. Um, <laughs> oh, I've done that too to many times. Oh, I've done <laughs> yeah. that too many times. Everything needs to be just able to go in a washing machine and not shrink. That should be day one of washing. Um, what about just totally cold washes? It's going to be the best, right? Cold water would be the best. Anything you can do to not heat up the water as much, you're going to be saving a lot of money there from your mm -hmm. electric. Mm -hmm. And then the other general money saving tip is investing in energy efficient machines. Oh, do you know what, Sarah? I did all of this in gallons. Should we do gallons oh my to God. liters? I don't know what, so now I'm trying to think of like gallons of juice that I have to put in my machine. You have I'll to do liter. I'll do liters <laughs> for you. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me bring up a. Probably won't help me anyway. <laughs> How can okay. we have so many differences in just two countries and that both speak English? Every time we do a show, there's something new that I have to convert. It's ridiculous. Get on the yeah, same it's, page. It's only for the Americans. Listen. 
we know that it's not working for us either. <laughs> it is working for you. It's just not working for me. Oh, it doesn't work when we're trying to speak to anybody who's not an American. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So what is it? A gallon is what? So 40 gallons is 151 liters, 151.4 liters. So one gallon, let's say one gallon is 3.7 liters. Okay. Got you. Older models of washing machines can use up to 40 or more gallons. And what did we say that was? 140. I'm just going to stop you here, Kate. This has turned into a maths show and I'm not sure that I can cope. It's not what you signed up for? No, you don't know, but I cannot do maths like on the spot. It, my brain shuts down. So I'll just let you do that little calculation and get back to me with Listen, the result, please. Sir, I still count on my fingers. Oh, so yeah. if these calculations are off, don't look to Sarah or myself. <laughs> Accuracy. It'd be so funny if you were like giving out the recipe for the laundry detergent and you're <laughs> just completely screwing up the changing over and people will be doing it at home. <laughs> that would make a great show. Let's just do that. Oh, yeah. I can see how that could go <laughs> off the rails very oh, quickly. So let's say today, energy efficient machines use 12.5 gallons for front loaders, a 19, 20 gallons for top loaders. Okay. So just keep in mind tw 12 and 20. Okay. We won't have yep, to convert yep, anything. Yep, yep. I promise. Older models that are not energy efficient use 40 or more gallons. So more than double. Right. Okay. Simply investing in more energy efficient machines helps save money, helps save water. Amazing. Okay. That's good because my machine broke down recently. So I had to replace it. And also they don't last that long after doing as many loads as I do. Your manufacturer, did they offer like a buyback or anything like that or recycling? I think, yeah, you can. You can give it a recycle. You can get them to take it away and then they redo it and give it to a charity, I think, actually, which is quite nice. Mm. I'm seeing more and more companies offer the buyback programs or the recycling programs, which I think is so important because otherwise people end up taking their machines just down to their local dump. And a lot of times you have to pay, right, to have it quote unquote yeah. recycled. But here in the United States, we don't often have the facilities to do that. So it gets shipped overseas where then they're stripped for parts. And that's a very, very toxic process. There's another whole topic for us. Absolutely. But one of the more energy efficient things, environmentally friendly things we can do is air drying. In Italy, I did not have a dryer. So for three years, didn't matter the temperature, the weather outside, we had to figure out a way to dry our clothes inside. We got really creative at times putting them on heaters and stringing up lines in the middle of winter. But I also found it's a practice that stuck with me. And part of that is because I actually love how my clothes smell when they've been hanging out in the sun. For the day, they just smell so fresh and clean. We get so used to artificial smells that we think that's what clean smells like. And it also goes with something else, which is most of us actually wash our clothing too much. We really should not be washing our clothing unless there are visible stains or noticeable odors. Beyond that, most clothing, especially if you're buying natural fibers, like wool is self-cleaning. I have sweaters that I've owned for four years now, five years now. I've never washed them. I've never washed them. I've maybe like spot touched them, but wool is naturally cleaning, naturally antibacterial microbial, bacterial, there's something in wool in the fiber itself that actually helps to break down anything that comes from your skin, like the oils from your skin. And denim, true denim, you sh really should not wash it more than every six months. That's mind-blowing. Really? Yeah, it can actually destroy the fibers. Right. That's just halved my load. Raw denim, though. 
<laughs> There's a bit of a difference because most denim we buy is a mixture of different fibers. But raw denim, you really do not want to be washing them any more than you absolutely have to be. My 16-year-old son agrees with you on the self-cleaning product. And his, <laughs> he, he went for a whole year and we were like, Josh, why does your – he rows, so they wear these like unitard things to row it and competing and training them sort of five times a week. I said, you know, I've not seen that come through the wash. And he goes, no, 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 that self-cleans. And I'm like, oh, I don't know that that does, does it? I think that's pushing it, right? It depends on the fiber for sure. <laughs> There's a difference between not wanting you know, to wash your clothing. <laughs> If you're loving all this free content and thinking, how can I support the podcast? Well, one way is to support our sponsors like this one. I don't know about you, but I love smoothies, but I don't love smoothie bar prices. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or my favorite, even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. The battery lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via a USB-C cable. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. It has over 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from, which makes them an awesome present. Go to BlendJet2.com and grab yours today and be sure to use the promo code FERRIS12 to get 12% off and free two-day shipping. That's FERRIS, as in my last name, F for frog, E-R-R-I-S for sugar, 12. Whatever way you remember it, Ferris 12 into the website. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Plus, as a bonus, it's a great way to support the podcast. And if you can't remember Ferris 12, go to the show notes and click the link. There, I realize I say pants, don't I? And you're probably sitting there along with the rest of the UK audience going, that's not what she means. No, what do you mean? I think we mean the same things. You say underwear. I say underwear. I know you say, well, do you say pants? Uh... Mm, yeah, I guess. Do I say pants or knickers or... Yeah, probably pants. The thing with New Zealand is we kind of just accept that we don't get to make our own rules and we just learn that we have to <laughs> <laughs> learn from what the US says and what the UK says and just go along with it. I hope that never happens on the environmental front. Please do not <laughs> do not go along with what we're doing. <laughs> true, true. But back to the laundry room. So... We've got, keep it at 30 degrees, choose a eco powder, and what about packaging? Packaging, same thing. Stay away from plastics. If you're using tablets, if you're using the sheets, you can always find something in a cardboard recyclable packaging. If you're using a liquid or powder, try to find something that is either in glass or aluminum or a refill. So even if it's a plastic bottle, you can go to a refill station and reuse it. But aluminum is actually one of the most recyclable materials on the earth. Essentially, you can just keep using it over and over and over again and recycling it, which is great. Right. Aluminum, which we would call aluminium. Tomato, <laughs> tomato. Yeah, I know what it is. That's interesting. Let's talk about detergent a little bit more. So you can buy sustainable detergent, eco-friendly, environmentally friendly detergent that has minimal packaging or environmentally friendly packaging. But uh, the other thing we need to keep in mind is traditional laundry detergent can actually be incredibly toxic for you and the environment. In the United States, and I, 
couldn't find a very helpful answer for this in the UK, but I suspect it's the same thing based on the research, the direction the research was pointing in. In the United States, it is not mandatory to list all of the ingredients used in laundry detergents or household cleaners. Really? Yep. So even if we're reading the back of the bottle, it doesn't mean that we're seeing all the ingredients. What do you do? You don't use traditional laundry detergent. So what's traditional? Think of when you go to your grocery store, all the brands that we pretty much grew up with. I'm just going to say that. Conventional, large corporation laundry detergents. Within laundry detergent, there's actually uh, a few carcinogens. Brilliant. And this is as defined by the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. One of them is 1,4-Doxane. And Doxane has been known to cause vertigo, drowsiness, headaches, irritation of the eyes, lungs, nose, and this is in humans. In studies with rats, they found that it actually can lead to cancer. Right. This is in our laundry detergent. Do you want the list of the other harmful chemicals? Well, yeah. Now you're scaring the bejesus out of me. This is going to test my pronunciation too. This is going to be <laughs> real periodic, fun. The periodic table's coming into play. There's SLSs. That's what people commonly know it as. It's sodium lauryl sulfate. There's ammonia. I know that one. Non-nilphenol, I'm saying that so wrong, ethoxylate, um, phenols, and phosphates. Phosphates, the WWF, World Wildlife Foundation, was actually trying to make it a law in the UK to ban phosphates because phosphates were leading to really harmful algae blooms because the wastewater running off from laundry through water treatment facilities was going into the river systems, the oceans, and it was causing really, really harmful algae blooms. It can also disrupt the endocrine and re reproductive systems in fish and other marine life. Right. So yeah, traditional laundry detergent is not great. Bad. Well, I've yeah. got a question. Did they actually manage to ban the phosphates in the UK? I believe it depended on the product. So whether it was a cleaning product or a household laundry detergent, I believe that it had to be uh, significantly reduced, but not an outright ban. Great. My daughter's actually swimming in the river right now, just <laughs> picking up some phosphates. She's swimming in the Thames? Yeah, she is literally swimming in the Thames. So um, coming back with a little algal bloom probably between her toes or something disgusting. <laughs> no, they wouldn't know. Here in the United States, we see it during the summers, they'll actually shut down lakes and ponds and rivers because water is generally tested. Any water that the public is swimming in is generally tested in the United States. I would imagine it's the same in the UK. And it's very common throughout the summers to hear that certain places have been closed off because of algae blooms, to toxic algae blooms. Mm. That's a sad state, isn't it? She comes back with an extra eye or something. Let us know. <laughs> She's just bought some sunglasses. That'll be annoying. She'll have to buy some new <laughs> bespoke specs. For the yeah, those are going to be custom made. That's for custom sure. Custom made. <laughs> oh, God. All in all, if you can, just switch to a cleaner laundry detergent. Yeah. I'm going to try the strips. I'm excited to just try the strips, actually, because I've seen them. They come up on my like Facebook feed, and I feel like I'm just going to be the perfect consumer because it's like, oh, it's come up on my Facebook or my Instagram. It's going to be a scam, and uh, I'll push on it and buy it, and they'll never arrive. But <laughs> well, I would say just do your research. Make sure it's actually coming from a company that is sustainable. Hmm. I will. Good job. I feel like my laundry's cleaned up. I'm excited. That's still not your challenge for the week, though. Don't I'm think terrified. you can get out of it that easy. <laughs> 
All right. We talked about washing. The other important thing to know about washing too, textiles produce up to 35% of microplastic pollution. How that data is broken down in terms of like home washing versus, you know, in the fashion industry, 70% of damage comes from what's considered upstream, not consumer facing, but the actual process of creating the textiles, whether that's growing the fibers, washing, dyeing, so on and so forth. So 70% of damage in the fashion industry is upstream. But 35% of ocean plastic micropollution is attributed to the textile industry. That is unbelievable. A lot of it does actually come from our homes, which is kind of sad. Oh, it is sad. How do we stop? You mentioned, Sarah, you do a lot of washing of like sports clothing, right? Yeah. So sports clothing has spandex in it. And every single time you wash the clothing, it sheds a little bit of the clothing fibers. I mean, every piece of clothing you wash will shed. The question is, what is it shedding? And in the case of sportswear in particular, those microparticles, plastic particles, are shedding into the water systems. That's horrifying. Okay, we need to do a show on alternate sportswear because I can tell you I'm not going to get my husband doing it. He's like training for an Ironman. He's not going to be doing that in a pair of like recycled baggy whatevers. <laughs> You're right. That deserves its own show, but there are phenomenal textile alternatives out there to polyesters and acrylics. So yeah, absolutely. I feel like I just depressed everybody, but there is a little bit of a fix. Don't go throw out your clothing. Like if it fits and you're still using it, wear it. Don't get rid of it just because it might have a uh, polyester in it. There's a couple different companies out there. One is liners for your washing machine, like filters for your washing machine. So it'll actually capture those um, microfibers, the microplastics, and then you can just dispose of them appropriately in the trash so it doesn't get into the waterways. Or they make like laundry bags. You can put your clothing in the bag and the bag will actually capture the same thing as the filter would for your washing machine. But how does that work? Then you pull the bag out and then you've just got like your clothes, but then like a whole lot of like crap in it as well. Think of it okay. like cleaning out the lint trap Filter. on your dryer. Yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Same thing. Either way, it's not a great solution because it's still plastic then going into the dumps. I guess every little bit helps, right? Please tell me it does. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. And then two other tips. One is pretty obvious, which is just when you do laundry, make sure it's always a full load. Don't do half loads, things like that, because then you're just <laughs> using more. Sarah. No problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry. If anything, it's too full. <laughs> The other thing is dryer sheets, and you don't use those, right? No. Now I'm curious. They're pretty popular in the U.S. You can find they're called dryer balls. They've actually been around for a long, long time. Oh, no. We've got those balls that you stick in the – like the little spiky balls that you stick in the dryer. Yes. Americans on a whole use dryer sheets, but in the last two years, there's been a movement to move to the dryer balls, and there's a couple different kinds. One you pointed out, there's the plastic one with the spikes on it. There's rubber and then there's the wool. Wool is the most eco-friendly option out of all of those. But again, if you're already using something and it works, don't throw it out. Just keep using it for its life. It helps prevent your clothing from clumping together in the dryer. It kind of like fluffs them, which actually reduces drying time. So then you're saving even more energy and money. Amazing. I never use them. I only ever put them in when I've got like a puffer jacket or something that I need to like fluff back up because it goes all flat and deflated when it goes and all the feathers like pop out of or wherever it is inside it. But that's the same time I use them. So use them all the time. 
now. Yeah. On it. Still not your challenge for the week. Before we do that, I want to know, how did last week's challenge of not buying wrapping paper go? Okay, so for those who didn't join us last week, Kate's challenge to me for the last week was that I had to wrap my 13-year-old's birthday presents with zero waste and I had to get creative with it. There was definitely some wins and some fails, but I actually recorded my daughter Aviana's reaction so that you can hear. Well, I'll let you decide if it was a success or not. So curious to see how this went. <laughs> let's let's hear it. It's wrapping with the scarf. Yeah, I love it. Do you know why they wrap like that? I don't know why they wrap like that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you rate them out of ten? Eleven. Eleven why? Out of ten. I don't know. It'll be it'll be a lot easier to open. Do you recognise that paper? I do. <laughs> it's from my birthday party. So sustainable. Exactly! You're my sustainability challenge for the week. Oh, is that it? <laughs> so in terms of my sustainability 10 out effort, 10. 10 out of 10. Okay, good. It looks amazing. Which one's the worst? This is my favourite. What's the oh, favourite? This scarf is my favourite. <laughs> okay. What about the worst one? This is the least creative. That's the one. She's pointing to the one with the recycled paper. Mm, it does look like something shocking. Sarah, stop it. That is the sweetest response. I don't even know what the gift was, but honestly, I think she was happier with the scarf. I know. It was funny. And I was thinking, I'm going to try and keep it up and do this. But then I was thinking, I don't think I've got enough scarves to cope with Christmas. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do there. But it was so cool. So what I did is we've got a street WhatsApp in my neighborhood. And it's been great over lockdown. I put on the WhatsApp, I said, oh God, I've got this challenge. Does anyone have any ideas? And out of that, I got so many cool ideas. And one of them was the scarf one. Somebody else showed me how to tie a box with an actual long-sleeved shirt, which was cool. And then I also managed to get a recycled, lovely hotel chocolate sparkling box and even had a little secret drawer in the bottom. And I stuffed it with some exercise clothing that um, fitted in. So she was really excited. The funny thing was that she used the word sustainability without me even mentioning it. I think their generation is just so much more on board than we ever were. She sounded so impressed by just that small little detail. It was heartwarming. The fact that I had to recycle that paper at the end and not rip it where the sellotape already was, I was just like, oh God. And then I was like trying to tie it together without it all popping out without using sellotape. So I used that ribbon and that broke and it was just a bit of a a shit show, but you know. She didn't even say, I think the question was like, which one's your least favorite or something along those lines. Yes. She didn't say because it looks like it got dropped 20 times down the stairs. <laughs> she said because <laughs> it was the least creative. That was it. You're right. They're beautiful. Oh. I loved them. And that reaction, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. 13. Could have gone either way. To be fair, I was not expecting that response. I was expecting a, ew, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so was I, to be fair. I was like, she's going to be like, well, you've just ruined my birthday. But no. <laughs> hey, thanks for this. Um... <laughs> now, you and I have decided we are going to put everything out on the line, the laundry line as it was this week, and talk about our greeny wins and greeny losses for the week. And my loss this week, I have to come clean, is that I went to the grocery store and I forgot my reusable bags. Shame, shame, shame on you, young lady. I did the same thing. It sounds so simple and it's just like, oh, get over it. Whatever, you forgot them. But I 
think too often we've had this conversation where we internalize this kind of guilt, which is why we're calling it the guilty greenie, because we internalize (laughs) that if we're not doing everything perfectly, then we failed. And I actually had that moment for myself this week where I was like, oh, this is not great. But Grace, we're all guilty. We're all bumbling around trying to figure it out. That is true. I did something similar because I went to the supermarket and realized you could buy reusable bags to put your mangoes or whatever you're getting. And you had to put them in plastic bags at the supermarket. It was really annoying me. So I thought, oh, I'll get these. They were like some reusable bags that I'll be able to use next time. But because I hadn't purchased them yet, I couldn't use them because I didn't want to think I was stealing them. So I was like, oh, God, I mean, really, come on, give me a break. I tried. That's what they call being between a rock and a hard place. It's like, I'm trying to make the right decision, but you're not making this easy for me whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> Up shit creek without a pedal is probably what I would say. Yeah. But, uh, not as eloquent as you. <laughs> what was your win of the week then? Okay. So my win of the week, I've got two. I'm going to cheat. I had to order some badges for a promotional podcast thing that I'm doing. What I did was I Googled eco badges and I found a company that makes them out of like a really stiff cardboard, recycled. It's, yeah, sorry, just wake my microphone there. So excited about my badges I am. Yeah, made out of recycled. <laughs> calm calm down a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting, Kate, I can't tell you. Uh, but I haven't arrived yet, so I don't know if it's a win or if it's going to be like a soggy paper loss. We'll find out. That was one win. And then my second win was today I didn't have a shower. It's not a win for anyone else in the house, but uh, <laughs> it's a win for me because <laughs> I, I, got, I got woken up very early by my eldest daughter going, oh, I forgot my alarm didn't go off and I've got to get to work. So I had to race out of the house. And then I thought, ah, oh, I've just saved the world an extra shower. I feel like you're setting us up for success right now because that is going to be our subject for next week. Oh, what? Me being stinky? My challenge better not be that I'm not allowed to shower for a week. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. You started off a day early, didn't even know it. (laughs) Oh my God, lucky it's not like a scratch and sniff podcast. It would be horrendous by next week. I couldn't be doing that. Oh, we can always do video. Just see how how the hair is holding up after a week. (laughs) (laughs) Slicked down to my head, it would be. So shower next week. Yeah, shower next week. And I think we'll probably expand that because I don't know if we can talk an entire hour on showering, but we'll expand that to maybe some shower products or best practices, bathroom best practices. Oh, yes. And I can tell you the story about my adventure making soap. Sorry, I'm trying not to laugh because I feel like I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) One trick pony. Let me just tell you that much. But yeah, but I'll save that for next week. I'm excited. I'm going to learn something from you because I've mentioned this now several times. I'm just not someone who likes to make things. I don't like to sew. It's just not my forte. And that's, I'm going to tell myself that's okay. I think it's good that you accept that you can't because what I have done is not accept that I can't. And so I still tried. Okay, so we've teased this long enough. This week's challenge Drum roll, please. Oh, God, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? I'm going to challenge you. There go. Professional sounding. I was a drum roll (laughs) in my last life. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to challenge you to hang dry your clothes for the week. What? Sorry, you're breaking up on me. You're breaking up on me. I can't. Oh, is my audio going out again? Oh, convenient excuse. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you serious? For several reasons, this is going to be a mountain of a challenge. Okay, let me just start with number one. Number one, I live in the UK. It's summer. It's raining today. 
right? Number two, the kids start school next week. So they're all going to be going to school with damp uniforms on their back, which is going to be lovely. They're going to be those kids. Um, <laughs> they're listening right now, just rolling their eyes going, nope, we can stop right. at the present wrapping. Yeah, they'll be like sneaking up in the middle of the night and putting the dryer on. Um, okay. But I'm up for it. I'm up for it. I think I can do that. I'm not promising I won't fail. Fair enough. I feel like if you're going from zero to 100, that's a lot. So even 50% of the time. No, don't worry. I shouldn't tell you this because then you would have accepted mine. But I already use a – do you call them a clothes horse? I know a clothes horse is something else, but I know what you're referring to. (laughs) I don't have a really skinny model sitting out in the backyard that I just hang clothes off. That's not what I mean by a clothes horse. It's an air drying situation that we put outside with our washing that we don't like to put through the dryer. There'd be no way I would put through sports gear because it just would, one, end up gets all little bitty bits on it and two, ruins that kind of fabrics. I do have a head start on that, but things like towels and underwear and um, socks and all that stuff straight in the dryer, that's a good couple of loads. That will be saved by next week, I promise. I'm very curious to see how your experience goes with this. Sometimes when we do things, we don't know how we're going to feel the outcome. And sometimes we set off with best intentions and we're just like over it and beyond frustrated after a week. And then other times we find it like Aviana's response actually really pleasant. So I'm curious to see how this turns out. I think that's an interesting point. What you've added to my week, a full working week, is just an additional amount of labor. So I can't imagine (laughs) you're going to hear a lovely, heartwarming, little reminiscent audio from me by the end of next week. You never know. There could be new family routines. You could all make it into a game. I'm curious to see where you take this. To answer your question, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyways, a clothes horse. I've always known it as someone who is concerned with wearing very fashionable clothing or a lot of clothing. I get that reference. But yeah, we definitely call the clothes hangers clothes horses. Even when we were at university, we used to have one that had the little clips for the underwear on it and we called it chomper. Chomper the clothes (laughs) horse. We went way too deep with that. Moving on. You already know what you're doing when it comes to hanging out clothes. You've given it a nickname. There's a routine. You have your favorite. This is going to go well. I know it. There you go. With that, join us next week to find out. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Guilty Greenie. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share, rate, and leave five-star review on Apple. It helps others find the podcast and get the climate conversation flowing. Guilty Greenie is an independently made podcast, so if you would like to support the podcast, please go to buymeacoffee.com backslash Guilty Greenie. The more support, the more content for your ears. Follow us on Instagram at Guilty Greenie and join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Make sure to share your experiences, the good, the bad, and the laughable. We'd love to hear from you. And let us know what topics you want to know more about. Until then, stay curiously green. Bye-bye. Four hours ago, I found out the person that I've been dating for the last six months is a con man. That is my sister Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. 
coming up in this series. And that's when murder, mm. all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real-life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con- When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.